set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing In the Mood for Love from 2000, directed by Wong Kar Wai. I am so excited to talk about this movie. Um, Ashley, do you want to discuss how we landed on the pairing for this month? Yeah, so originally I was thinking, why don't we do a Barry Jenkins spotlight? So it actually had nothing to do with Director Wong's work. Um, And we were going to just do Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk, because these are uh, Barry's two um, feature-length films that everybody knows about. Although I feel in my heart that not enough people have seen If Bill Street Could Talk. Which is streaming on Hulu, y'all. It is streaming on Hulu still. I've been saying it for months. Go watch it. Then we decided, I guess you started getting really into um, Wong Kar Wai's movies. And I don't know how, like, somehow we were, like, mind-melded, like, hey, why don't we just do it like this? Because, (laughs) and then we had to do the terrible, horrible decision-making of figuring out which movie to compare with Moonlight. Because we know we wanted, I think we knew we wanted to do Moonlight, but we didn't know which one of Director Wong's movies we wanted to do. That I that was kind of like picking your favorite child a little bit. It was because we could have done like more of a, a like, I guess like a more of a queer themed movie pick because um, there's also like Happy Together, which we could talk about like later. Um, but it didn't feel like the same vibe necessarily as far as like, um, like there are two gay characters, but it's, um, one is significantly more romantic than the other. Ooh, <laughs> so, shit. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. And Happy Together is more of like the, like the post honeymoon phase, <laughs> post, you didn't cheat on me like five times phase. So um, we didn't really feel like that felt the same thematically, at least for me. I didn't feel like it felt the same. It it and, didn't feel the same for me either. Right. It was a little too chaotic and not. I like it. It, it was a little too much. For yeah, me. and I liked that movie a lot. It just felt like I was like, damn, this is kind of. That's kind of sad. <laughs> I was like, yo, like, are they going to break up? Because <laughs> they need to. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I don't really know, like, how, I think we just kind of like, hey, what if we do, like, these two movies? Because I think you were like, yeah, Barry's, I was watching, like, a an interview with Barry Jenkins, and he said he's really inspired by In the Mood for Love, like, what if we do that? And I was like, okay, cool, but then we gotta figure out which movie of Barry's we're gonna do, or which movie we're gonna do out of all of Wong Kar Wai's movies. Um, because, I mean, between Happy Together, Chunking Express, uh, In the Mood for Love, and 2046, bitch. <laughs> Ooh. He's got more movies than that, but, like, those are the ones I always, like, lean to, and I'm like, girl. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's how we landed in a kind of weird fashion. Um, so they're not in 
entirely the same, but they have the same tone in a lot of places, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in if you watch these films together, you could kind of see, you can see how Barry has been influenced and mm-hmm. it's, it's honestly beautiful. Right. It's and beautiful. I, I, um, have not done my due diligence quite yet because I've just been like overwhelmed <laughs> with life. Um, so I have not watched Moonlight still, but I feel like I can pick out certain things like certain like musical cues and, um, like different shots that felt very, um, inspired by this movie. So, um, but Brittany's been watching all these <laughs> nonstop for like the past couple of weeks and she's watched Moonlight um, way more recently than I have because mm-hmm. I actually have not seen Moonlight since the first time I saw it three years ago, <laughs> about, wow. which is kind of crazy. I don't know why I've been like kind of putting it like on a little like pedestal, like that viewing was good. <laughs> so, so I actually need to do my due diligence and go watch it soon. I kind of went off the deep end. I was like, yeah, like once I find a director I like, if it's not too heavy for me or too much, I will watch as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And this watching In the Mood for Love, it gave me a a feeling of, wow, I really love film. It not every movie affects me like that. Um... But this is one that did. And it was, it was, it's aesthetically pleasing. It is a well crafted story. And we learned a lot of how, a lot about how this movie was made, which seems like a very frustrating process. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I could have been involved with the making of this film because I probably would have lost my shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it was done for like a, like a year, over a year, fifteen months making this movie. Like bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's not all like acting, but that's also like I mean, as a director, that's a long time mm-hmm. to be committed to something. Because we we were um like in our research, we learned that this movie was kind of done in. I'm not in conjunction, but like, I guess like, you know, in where like the production of one movie would stop. So then because of like financial issues or whatever, and then the the next movie would pick up. And so like pieces of, of In the Mood for Love end up in 2046 and vice versa. Um, But also like they're thematically this like they're thematically, I guess he doesn't really consider them like sequels of each other, I don't think. He, he doesn't should because <laughs> these two are the exact same characters, but there's he has a habit of putting the same characters um, in different movies or like and also like the same actors, too. But they might not be in the same situations or living the same lives. Um, but like this one in 2046 are like, you know, best buds, I think it like I I've seen um 2046 mm-hmm. and um watched some of the behind the scenes clips and like the interviews and he kind of explained how that story plays into this story mm-hmm. and I feel like it makes a little 
it ties them together more mm-hmm. and helps it make sense. And I guess we could talk about it later. Um, and also, there's another film. It's like an, an unofficial trilogy of films. Yeah. Um, there's another film that came out 10 years before this one in 1990 called Days of Being Wild that is also pretty good um, that features the character of Sue when she was younger mm-hmm. that is um, in watching, like I watched this film first and then I watched Days of Being Wild then I watched 2046. It made me even a little bit more sympathetic toward her character in watching that film. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like watching this movie, you for me, I was a little bit more sympathetic toward Mr. Chow, Chow mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, because I feel like we spent a little bit more time with him than we did with her. Um, but watching the first film, it's like, oh, well, okay, I can kind of see... Like, she has a little bit... I understand a little bit more where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I felt bad for both of them. And then in 2046, I was like, Nick, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> this, is, this is a lie. You got to... I don't know. You got to grow up, let it go, something. <laughs> go mm. on a trip, some shit. But <laughs> leave that lady alone. <laughs> Do you want to go into, like, what this movie is actually about? Yeah, so um, in in the mood for love, we are in Hong Kong in 1962, in in I guess just like a building um, where two different couples are coming looking for rooms to rent. So um, Sue or AKA Mrs. Chan mm-hmm. um, comes first, and she goes to um, the landlady's house. She asks for the room. She's like, yeah, I'll give you the room. And it's great. And then uh, Mr. Chow comes like, I don't know, like 10, 20 minutes later. Room's already taken. So he goes next door and he rents the room from the coos. And they end up moving in (laughs) at the same time, like the same day. Um, And then, you know, everything's kind of cordial between them. They, you know, don't interact that much or whatever. But then we slowly realize that it's a very, very possible that their husband or her husband and his wife are having an affair and they figure mm-hmm. it out and they're kind of like working through that together. And it's just mess. The messiness of it. <laughs> it's beautiful. The mess, man. Because they're next door neighbors. They're next door neighbors. <laughs> They're next door neighbors. In an apartment building. In the 60s. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's so much interaction, too, between like there between the two apartments. It's not like now where you like live in an apartment building. and You hope to God you never see your neighbors like you would always see your neighbors. They'd always ask after you and say, like, hey, you know, how's your husband and stuff like that, Um, which becomes like to me in my eyes was kind of like, damn, like. Yeah, asking a lot of questions. But then, like, I mean, I was not, you know, I didn't grow up in this time. I'd never, like, lived in Hong Kong. So, like, uh, it was, like, completely different to me and my experiences living in an apartment or living near people. So, um, yeah, like, the absolute, you got to be bold as fuck to do that shit. I, like, so you went, you walked out the door and then went, Next door, 
we could talk we, we'll get into the boldness yeah, because niggas are raggedy <laughs> it was it it got bold it really <laughs> there are certain scenes like i've seen this movie a couple times now um the first time i watched it i i was watching it and it kicked me in my chest and i was like oh shit i love this movie and then i rewatched it to prepare for the podcast um and then i noticed some more things that i hadn't paid attention to during my first watch and i was like oh holy shit like (laughs) oh shit like they were like they're bold like they're bold um so i guess i'm trying to think of like how we can talk because like the story kind of is fluid yeah um it's a really fluid story and i feel like that ties back into the way the film was made Mm -hmm. it didn't have like from what i gather it didn't really have too much structure he uh Wong had an idea of the movie that he want made. He wanted to make a movie about an affair. He had that idea. He took that idea to set and started filming. He didn't have too much direction for his actors. And in watching interviews with them about like the behind the scenes process, you could tell that um, Maggie, who played um, Sue... Mm-hmm. had she struggled with that lack of direction yeah and i would too because i'm like so what is this about like how do you want me to act in this moment and he's probably like yeah just do i mean i don't think he said just do whatever but i'm like there's no backstory like give me <laughs> give me something to build upon and she was talking about like how difficult it was until she was basically she was trying to keep it cute but she just said it was very difficult until she just said fuck it and and let herself go and then when she let herself go then she finally realized who that character was yeah and what um listening to wong talk about the characters he said that he wanted the actors to act in these roles how they would in this situation. So he didn't necessarily want them to inhabit characters more so than to inhabit themselves reacting to finding out their spouses are cheating on them. Mm-hmm. And they kind of do that in the movie where they, they will like kind of act out themselves, like in like the characters will, they'll act out like, Oh, how would you react if you confronted your husband and he said this? And that kind of stuff. And you kind of don't know if they're, like, if it's a part of the story or if they're actually, like, like is it between the characters? Is it between the characters that the characters are playing? Because <laughs> so they one a couple of times, it's like, she's doing things to, like his wife would do. And then he's doing things that, like, her, her husband would do. And they'll kind of correct themselves. Like, oh, yeah, my husband would never say that. And that kind of thing. I give that they're, they're trying to put themselves in in their spouse's shoes and try to figure out like why they would do something like that um and they're struggling with it and maybe that was like art imitating life <laughs> uh, maggie's probably fed up <laughs> she's fed up she's tired of wearing them clothes and them high necks <laughs> she was like, and having four hours to get her hair done 
I know. I was like, damn, like, what are they doing? Because it's just pinned up, like, in the style. But you got to, like, curl it to get the curls to stay. So, I mean, that takes time. It does take time. I'm like, every day, girl. Hey, it's art. (laughs) I'm like, listen, we got to figure some things out. But, I mean, you know, it worked out. Mm-hmm. For the both of them. I mean, Tony didn't have nearly as much going on. He was like, I'm just here. I get it. Because he had already worked with Wong since uh, they did the Days of Being Wild. So yes. he'd done Chung King Express and he'd done Happy Together. And both the movies have very, very loose structures, especially Chung King Express, because it's actually two stories. Um but one is way more dominant than the other. And apparently it was supposed to be like three stories. Mm-hmm. And then that third story was another movie. I think that one turned into Happy Together or something. I can't remember which movie, which movie that turned into. But that's kind of what happens with Wong's movies. He'll film something and he has all these ideas. And then like that movie will turn into like another movie. So it works out because they end up being thematically similar and they relate in that way and luckily like his actors want to continue being in the movies um so there's like a kind of like a continuity there but also i could see like listen bruh (laughs) you gotta you gotta give me something to work with man (laughs) because if you're not on the same page as your director then it don't it don't work but he they found a way to make it work they did find a way to make it work um it's this is you know Largely considered like his best movie, which I, I mean, I have my favorites, but I feel like, you know, I can see that. I can too. Yeah. Um, but like their relationship starts off kind of like friendly, like they start off neighborly on all fronts. And there's Um, a big thing about being neighbors in this movie about like how your neighbors look after you, um, and stuff like that, which is like completely unheard of now i feel like yeah usually if your neighbors are asking you questions like uh excuse me like please mind your business please mind your business leave me out of it <laughs> it's so like um and i think that has to do too did you watch the the one where they talked about um like the large um shanghainese population moving into hong kong and that kind of like formulated a lot of like I guess, like, not, I guess, like, an independent community within Hong Kong. I think I watched some of it. He talked about how, like, people were immigrating from, like, mainland, mainland China. Um, and so it caused a kind of a, a weird situation because even though, like, I guess to Westerners, you'd be like, okay, you're all Chinese, but, like, it, it's not like that. So they had a lot of, like, um, because they, you know, People from Shanghai, I guess, typically speak Mandarin, and the people in Hong Kong typically speak Cantonese. There was like that kind of separation, so they had to like stick together in in um in different communities, and they because they have their own food, they have their own languages, like that's and it's a completely different culture. Um, apparently, they have their own like there's like Mandarin theaters, like um, movie theaters in Hong Kong that's left over from that period. So, um. Like, whereas now it's, a, if, I guess he says, like, the younger generations, it's more homogenous. So they don't always typically understand, like, why, like, someone from Shanghai and someone that's um, 
from Hong Kong might not get along or something like that. Um, but in those days, like, they had to kind of, like, stick together. So I could see, like, why everybody was, like, so neighborly and, and stuff. <laughs> and they kind of are, it's like a politeness. It's not, like, too, like, they don't interact as much as, like, the landlords do. Like, Mr. Schwen, she's kind of more like, oh, how are you doing? You know, don't stay out too late. <laughs> she's, like, the mom of, of her apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play a lot of um, Mahjong with the Koos, which are the next door neighbors. And like, I feel like the thing that kind of gets the, well, what kind of sets things off a little bit is like the rice cooker. Yeah. And I meant to Google that a little bit more. I know that was like a big deal because of the modernness of the rice cooker. Because um, Mr. Chan, like Mr. Chan um, is, I assume, like a business person. Yeah, he does a lot of like, well. Travel. In, in theory, he does a lot of travel. Now, if he if it's true, I don't know. <laughs> we know he does is, a lot of creeping. Well, we know that. Yes, but I think, because doesn't he work, like him and his, like him and Sue live, like work at the same office because her boss asks about him a lot. I guess so. I like think, I think that's what it was, but I'm not entirely sure because the other thing to note that you like never see his face ever, ever. You if you watch like some like in the like a behind the scenes documentary, they have like one picture of him, and oh, that's yes. it. I googled him. He's actually pretty good looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to, I'm gonna add that to my googles. <laughs> um, <laughs> I Google. I saw at least I saw the one picture, so I haven't seen like you know all the angles and all that. <laughs> um, but Angle he matter. he travels a lot and he goes to Japan a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he's abroad on business, he brings back um, a rice cooker for their landlords and everybody in both uh, basically both little apartments are like really excited about it. So Mr. Chow sees one and he's like, oh, that's cool. And then the um, nosy landlady is like, hey, your wife be <laughs> your wife is always gone. She'll never be at home. You be hungry. Why don't you get Mr. Chan to bring you a rice cooker? <laughs> I know. I was like, damn. Because she had her, she knew everything that was going on. I feel like she was like, something right here. She's like, you be hungry, your wife go. You need a rice cooker. I mean, because he wouldn't be cooking on his own. That's true. Like, for sure. I don't think he would. And then also, I'm reading this now, um, where Wong talks about the rice cooker and how, like, the inventions in the 60s kind of changed the way people lived. Um, And I think, like... I guess, like, the rice cooker kind of made it so you didn't have to, like, sit around and wait all day over the pot of rice and making sure you didn't, like, fuck it up and, like, put too much water <laughs> or make it too dry. Me cooking rice. Oh, shit. I can't cook rice. Damn. Honestly, y'all, cooking rice is kind of hard. <laughs> and, like, my my friend had a rice cooker when we lived together. She's Vietnamese. And <laughs> she still managed to fuck up the rice a couple times. I was like, girl, you can't put that much water. <laughs> she be putting so much water. She's like, 
shit. <laughs> I oh shit. Yeah, I can't cook. Like I'm just going to tell my truth. I can't cook. It took me a long time to figure out how to make rice. I it's make too stressful. I now can't do I can it. do it. I can do it. But I can see like the first couple times you fuck up, you make the rice too dry, you make it too wet and it's all soggy and stuff and just like never comes together and you're just like fuck this, I'm ordering in. Like, <laughs> rice be crunchy as hell. Yeah, crunchy as rice and stuff. Brown rice is way much harder than white <sighs> rice. But yeah, um, yeah, he says. I guess in the film, our hero's wife was a very capable writer and wanted to cook or wanted to work. But in those days, you had to stay home and take care of every, take care of the family and cook, which is very time consuming. Um, at the very beginning, he discovers that the neighbor is a salesman selling these Japanese rice cookers, so he tries to get one for his wife, which allows her to work. Which I think is interesting. Although you don't really see her working on the rice cooker, so I don't know. <laughs> I felt like she was working beforehand. Mm. But I guess if you, I guess it's the suggestion, like if you don't have to stay home and cook all the time, you can go out and get in some trouble. Or at least go out and do more than you would if you were just chilling by the stove all day. Which is like a good and bad thing. But also, I mean, I don't know how grimy their <laughs> I don't know how grimy their spouses were before this rice cooker came to play. I mean, it seems like because of this rice cooker, things probably were already afoot. Because somebody because <laughs> Mr. Chow was like, you know what? nosy landlady that's a good idea i'm going to talk to mr chan about this Mm -hmm. and so he goes about the rice cooker and he was like yeah can you bring me back one and so he brought he brings it back and he goes to pay for it and and mr chan is like hey don't worry about it your wife already paid for it i know and i'm like uh (laughs) i was like wait skirt skirt she did what (laughs) Without and and she didn't tell him. He was like, she didn't find out. <laughs> oh yeah, she didn't tell you. He was like, no. <laughs> he he had to, <laughs> he had to reset that face crack, girl. <laughs> yeah, ooh, his face cracked. He had played off like, <laughs> and out. That's when my chest went like, oh shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was the first kick in my chest. Yeah. Oh, when I realized, oh, the wife already then paid for the rice cooker. Okay, okay. Right. I see what you up to. I see. Right. And you never see the wife. Like you see the wife, but you never see her face. You, um, she has like a gidget. I call it a gidget flip. Um, Yo, the cute, the cute flips everybody got. Yeah, down, which I kind of love. I don't have a face for them though. Yeah, like what Ronnie used to, like what Ronnie had in Players Club. <laughs> <laughs> the Players Club haircut. <laughs> yeah, like the cute little gidget flips that they wore in the sixties. Um, yeah. and she is around. Um. Very vaguely in the movie, like she will call her husband and is like, "Hey, gotta work a double. Oops, gotta stay late at work today." Then there's also sometimes where she calls somebody and it didn't sound like she was like talking to her husband. She sounded like she was like, "Oh, do you want to meet here?" Mm-hmm. 
Because there's a couple times in the movie, like the way it's edited, where it makes it sound like she's talking to him, like to her husband, and then he'll hang up the phone. But I'm like, but that conversation don't. There are two conversations happening here. <laughs> there are two different conversations. I was like, I don't think he's she's talking to him at all. But yeah, there um a lot of the like the spouses, a lot of their shots you only see from the perspective of the I guess like from their perspective. So like you're looking at Chow or you're looking at Sue as they're talking to them, but you don't actually see their you don't actually see the spouse's faces. Yeah, like you you barely see the husband the back of the husband's head once, one time yeah, in the beginning of the looked- movie. And he looked like Chow. He did. Like, yeah. they had, like, the same haircut and kind of, like, the same build. Yeah. And I was like, wait. I know, because Sue's, like, rubbing his shoulder, and I was like, what? <laughs> At dinner? And then, like, and then Chow's wife came through and kind of, like, sort of brushed the back of his chair when she was trying to squeeze by. Raggedy. And I was like, wait. And then Chow walks out, and I was like, girl, I'm so... I was like, wait. I was like, wait. Who is who? But, like, it, um... What? Okay. So, then, like, you kind of get the idea that something in the milk is not clean. And you also see how lonely both characters are. Mm -hmm. Um, They eat dinner by themselves like sue doesn't mingle with the neighbors like she always opts to go out and get something to eat and then the neighbors always like comment like oh we cooked enough for you and she's like no i'll eat by myself um and chow is always like um working and he'll grab something to eat and they might pass each other going down to like the food stalls yeah, but they don't really. Still. They do like a what's up nod and keep yeah. it moving. Yeah, because they don't really know each other. Like they just live next door to each other, but they don't like. And they like have been present at dinner, like because they don't really. Aside from that one dinner, I don't think they really eat with the rest of their neighbors. Um, after that, except for like one time, I think Sue decides to after. The neighbor, her landlady's like, hey, girl, you shouldn't be out so late so much. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, let me stay home. But, um, which I was supposed to say, like, it's not just like their neighbors, like they have, they're renting a room in their apartment. So they're a lot closer than, than you would, I guess, than we're used to. Like they're in closer proximity to these other people than we're used to so like you notice things (laughs) i think that's why the the landlord could um notice things so fast because like they're in her house (laughs) (laughs) and also like while like um chow has a friend and he's like a yo you know your boy the goofy one and he says that he saw his wife out and child's like yeah whatever and he's like no i saw your wife out with the man and he's like uh that's probably a friend i was like boy you know (laughs) and he was like yeah okay and he's like i didn't mean anything by it i was just 
letting you know. Homie to homie, bro to bro. And then that's when child's antennas kind of went up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next part is something that kind of like really sent me because you can really see how lonely Sue is because she, the the landlady and the neighbor land, they're older people. Yeah. And there aren't, there weren't many like younger adults in the building. So the only couples around the same age were like Mr. Chow's family and then Mr. Chan's family. Yeah. And so with Sue being, you could see how lonely she was. So she heard, she said she heard some voices next door in Mr. Chow's apartment. So she went in, like went next door to check on, like to see what's up and she went there to befriend Mrs. Chow, Chow and Miss Chow was like, I'm sick. And she was like, oh, well, I heard some voices. So I was just coming to check in on you. And she's like, nah, I'm good. You, you don't have to check in over here. I'm fine. She's like, you sure? I was just like, we could just talk and just hang out and, you know, kind of like be friends, basically. And, and she's like, no, nah, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> and she's like, oh, OK, well, I'll just leave you to it then. And then Miss Child closed the door on her face, like in her face. I know she didn't say goodbye or anything. She closed that bitch like, Croop. and then went whoever she was talking to in the room said, that was your wife. Yep. And I screamed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. The raggediness of it. I That was so bold to right. literally be next door with this lady's man. And she could hear you. She could hear you because y'all she live could next door to each other. Yeah. Y'all she share a you. wall. You most likely share a wall. Also, where were the rest of the neighbors? Like, what if they had come home? <laughs> like, it was like, bitch, you, the boldness. Y'all couldn't just go to the movies or some shit? Like, you had to really, you just. But you know what, Ashley? I kind of want to big up Miss Chow because where Sue what? was confined by societal standards, of like the conservative 60s like how it would be it would definitely ruin her reputation as a married woman to have an affair with the neighbor have an affair with anyone yeah miss child did not care miss child was having a hot girl summer she was and she, was. she was doing it with her neighbor. I got the feeling from her hair, actually, that she was a lot younger. Or at least, maybe not younger. Maybe she just had a different, like, sort of relationship to, like, like the West and kind of being more free-ish. I don't know. Like, cause, like Sue is so much more buttoned up than her personality wise like her hair is all pinned up and like she's very um like soft-spoken doesn't really get in people's way too much and she works like they both work because sue works in an office as like a secretary um but i guess i, I don't know i got the feeling that they were like just from her their hair like the uh mrs child's hair being down it kind of gave me more of like she's kind of more out there in 
personality and stuff. Ooh. And so maybe she kind of would be more of a risk taker like that. Because I'm like, that's a big ass risk, bitch. <laughs> I can't believe. I spent some time thinking about that today. Like, I, we are supposed to be very upset. Like, yeah, I am upset. Like, I am upset because I'd be like, damn, that like, damn, that's bold. But yeah, at the same she ain't time, nobody to deserve that. At the same time, like this woman is breaking norms. Like Miss Chow yeah. is breaking norms in the sanctity of marriage. Like she's doing her thing. Like we and we honestly don't know how their marriage was before. Like yeah, before they moved know. into this building, and from what we picked up, well, like what we see in um, 2046, maybe some of that behavior could have been evident then. So we don't know. So maybe I totally to rewatch 2046, like maybe easy. it wasn't necessarily happy, or maybe it they just like when you are married like maybe you just grow apart like i i i am not married i can't speak on being a married person but mm. sometimes you aren't the you aren't the same person you are you were when you got married mm-hmm. um sometimes the dreams or the goals or the path that you had like envisioned when you first started your marriage you kind of deviate from it. And, and even if they even if they even had like dreams and goals and stuff, like it might have just been like like we don't know why they got married. Mhm. Because I think we usually think of it as like, "Oh, I love you and, you know, I do anything for you." But some people are like, "Man, like he was from a good family." <laughs> we try to get on the come up. <laughs> so like it could have been like a situation like that. Like we don't know. So they might not have been right for each other from the start. Yeah, yeah, they could have wanted different things and maybe they couldn't communicate and be on the same page. And it probably wouldn't have been encouraged, maybe, too, for them to communicate like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of factors. Also, there is, like, a suggestion that, like, I think, was it from? An interview with Wong? I can't remember. But, like, like oh, like, considering they that the two couples moved in on the same day, like, right next door to each other, like, <laughs> like could they have actually have already known each other, like, previously? Like, their spouses have known each other? Because, like, damn, like, they got, like, a straight do it. Oh, oh, wait, like, could we imply that they were plotting? I know, but, like, I mean, he went... So Chow went to that, they went to the same apartment. They went to rent the same apartment. And, like, Mr. Schwann was like, yo, like, there's an apartment next door. You might want to try them and see if they got an extra room available. Like, I think they do because they're, oh, because, yeah, their son had, like, left or something like that, um, had moved out. So they were like, yeah, they got a new apartment or they got a new room. Like, you might want to check with them, see if it's still available. But um, it's just, like, too coincidental because I'm like, so y'all didn't care at all. <laughs> you didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so, like, all them eyes on you and you were like, now nah, we're going to do it anyway. As they say, 
It be like that sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it be like that. <laughs> so yeah, they they eat noodles. I think they like their first interaction outside of the apartment is the noodle stall because they end up walking back home um with each other because there's <laughs> oh because of the rain because she was down there no he was down there and he was leaving and she went down and it started to rain um i guess they either like waited for the rain to stop or they just walked home together in a way um and they kind of ask about each other's uh, spouses, like, oh, like, where's your husband? He's like, oh, he's abroad. He's probably, like, I guess he was, like, in Japan or something. I think he went back and forth to Japan a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, how's your wife? I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> and she, and he was like, oh, her mother's ill, so she went to go take care of her. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, bro, they're both gone at the same time. All the time. All the time. They're never in the same place together. Like, if you home and she's home, they're not home. <laughs> Y'all seem to be alone at the exact same time almost every day. <laughs> she leaving early. He, and then you go to see her at work and the boss like, oh, she gone. Oh, yeah. She didn't tell you. She left early. <laughs> And then you have to play it off again, like, ha ha. You wrote what you write. She must have told me and I forgot. <laughs> the embarrassment, bro. <laughs> you do that at least twice a week. I was like, yo, you can see in his face, like when he's at the noodle stall, I think that you could tell because he's kind of just like, you know, he got the, the where do you go when you go quiet. <laughs> 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 like that, that off look that's that, like that part that part from ooh, lemonade oh shit oh mm-hmm. shit the what's it called pray you catch me <laughs> that's this part of the of the lemonade <laughs> epic <laughs> she's kind of like you know he's putting two and two together like i know this girl ain't really doing this shit <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you must be you must be out your you know what like nah you playing <laughs> and oh my god and when they get back from the noodle stall Sue goes home and one of like the neighbors are kind of like telling their business and one thing that I made a note of somebody <laughs> says she dresses up like that to go out for noodles I was like damn don't be doing her like that and I was like, oh, damn. What are they implying? <laughs> I know. Because her husband ain't around. So she all by herself. She don't like to really interact with y'all. Like, not like she don't like to, but she's just like real polite about like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to get some noodles. Um, I guess that would have been seen as like kind of like a weird thing, too, because you like to eat by yourself. And stuff like that. And like, no, just like, I mean, like we all here and what you doing over there? But she constantly going out and getting noodles by herself and eating her room and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I was reading a little bit about her clothes. I know they're used to like kind of show the passage of time because she's got. So I think she has twenty overall. Like every time you see, sometimes you'll think you're like it's the same scene, but her outfit will change, and so you can tell that like 
this is like a different point in time, but like in the same place. So there's a lot of outfit changes. But I was like, damn, like, because Mrs. Mrs. Schwinn is wearing the same thing. Like the same style, I felt like. So I was yeah. like, what's the difference? I mean, maybe because of how put together she was. Yeah, she is a very put together woman. You don't catch her slipping. No. Like, she's very prim and put together. She'd never leave the house in like her slippers, hair and rollers. Yeah, she wouldn't be outside with leg up on it. <laughs> we probably shouldn't say too much. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Honestly, there's been so many times I've gone out with like just a hair wrap. I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you can do it. Because sometimes you just got to go to one place. I'm going to speak my truth. I don't go outside with the bonnet because I, I just don't. But I will go outside with the hair wrap on because whatever. I don't have a bonnet. I'm really lazy about my hair, actually. I should get one. But, um, yeah, I'm super lazy about my hair. So, I mean, it's doing fine up there. So, I don't really be, you know, doing too much to it. But, I mean, I'll, I'll put a little scarf on or something. It might end up on the other side of the room in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I put on a scarf on last night. I don't have no idea where it went. You know, if you a bonnet gang, that's fine. Yeah, no honestly, judgment. Do you? I mean, listen, if you just gotta make a quick errand or some shit, like I mean, who the fuck cares? Some people clearly do care. Tell them to mind their business. Mind your business, and don't worry about what the fuck I be doing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but Sue is not like that. Um, she looks beautiful in every single shot. <sighs> Gorgeous. Just beautiful. Just you know, well put together. Hair all pinned up, just so. Um, and she's got like a dip. She's very stylish. Mm-hmm. I wonder if her husband be buying her that. I mean, I guess her husband do be buying her that stuff. But like, I wonder if he bringing her stuff from like other stores. That's so raggedy. What if he bought her the same outfit as? Uh, you mean like the purses? Like the next scene when they go to dinner. Yes. <laughs> so, so can we talk about Miss Like Chow? Like, why did he have this idea? So he, him, and Insu go to dinner and. He gets the bright idea to say, like, I want to give my wife a gift. I want to give my wife a a purse that I saw you with. <laughs> I like, know. sir, I, like, and she was like, you know, she what might not like that <laughs> having the same purse as <laughs> the woman next door. And he was like, oh, you're right. That probably wouldn't be good. Well, because she also, like, for her boss, her boss has a mistress, and so her boss will ask her to ask her husband to bring back a purse from Japan or wherever he goes on his business trips, quote-unquote. And at one point, she's talking to him on the phone, and he's like, yeah, just get a purse. 
And he's like, I guess he asked, like, do you want me to get two different ones? And she was like, honestly, who cares? <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> Does it really matter? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, if the, if the wife ever sees the mistress with the purse, I'm sure she would be like, bitch, what the fuck? This, like, this scene at the dinner with this song playing, it was like, it was like the the buildup from Whitney's it's not right, but it's okay. Because yeah. they started doing some math together. Doing he, math. <laughs> he started asking about the purse. And she was like, that's a dumb idea. Why did you bring that to me? And then she says, hey, I like your tie. And he was like, thanks. <laughs> my like, I don't know where. She, yeah. My wife gets it from trips abroad. And I was like, where is your wife going abroad? I was like, have you even thought? I was like, <laughs> I feel like you didn't think about that real hard. Because where is his wife going? She's not a businesswoman. Oh, bruh. And she was like, it looks like the ones that my husband wears. And he was like. Oh, and then he was like, face crack again. (laughs) So they realized he then he realized that his wife already has a purse like the one he wanted to get her for her birthday. And Sue was like, I know it because I saw it. Yeah, I've seen the purse and my husband has a tie just like yours. I know because he wears it every single day. And I think he has said that he got it from his boss. So he wanted to wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, niggas are grimy. <laughs> the griminess. That hurt my heart for the both of them. Even though Chow is like way more. I feel like he's way more. Um, gullible? Not gullible, but like. Maybe more in denial than she is. Like, she's definitely put them pieces together. And she was like, listen. <laughs> Even though it was hard, hard for both of them to, like, admit it. But I feel like she was like, yeah, I know. Because I've seen your wife with this purse. And, like, later on, like, in a voice over, she's like, I thought I was the only one who knew. Yeah. And I, Because I don't think he would notice that as, like, a man. To that his that he was wearing the same tie as some dude next door, <laughs> or like his wife and his wife next, or the wife next door and his wife got the same purse. Like he'd be like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "Wait, shit! You weren't even paying attention to the purse she had, and she was going to get her another one." <laughs> so this is, I feel like this scene is important because this plays into musical cues that are a major thing. In this film, but also in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, they restaurants and food are important in the film overall. Um, and then the music and the type of music that is played is important. Since the um, movies were set in the '60s, because Wong were, uh, was inspired by like his childhood mm-hmm. and growing up there. A lot of the music that's played is like Spanish music um, because of Filipino influence. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the music that we hear are Nat King Cole covers of Spanish songs. 
because um, I found out that Nat King Cole was his mother's favorite musician. He said, like, in 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 an interview, he, like, put those two together to pick the songs for the film. And I am definitely going to butcher the song titles because uh, I can barely speak my native tongue. Let's get it together. Come on, come on. Um, But the song in English is called Green Eyes. And in Spanish, oh, Lord, just you want, y'all. Do you want me to do it? From, do you want me to do, do it? You can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pray a circle. Y'all pray from. It's Aquelos Ojos Verdes. All right, yeah, those green eyes are green eyes. Yeah. Um, are you right? I didn't know what Aquellas meant. I didn't get that far in Spanish. It's my <laughs> one of my wor- like my greatest regret that it didn't continue. I was googling. I did a lot of Google. <laughs> I asked for some translations. I had a screen was touch doing all kind of like Mission Impossible shit. <laughs> I'm gonna say, were you like Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he was in front of that murderer map or whatever? Yes, <laughs> that was me in preparation for this fucking episode. <laughs> I had all my clips, <laughs> the and my strings. <laughs> <laughs> I had notes. I had. I have like the lyrics. I know what this song is about. And bitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this song about? Because I didn't do that much research about it actually. Um. So basically, this song is about green eyes. Okay. But, um. So. Basically, the song is about longing and desire for, like, romance and intimacy with the person with those green eyes and essentially getting lost in those green eyes Mm -hmm. um, and not being able to be in a relationship with that person. (sighs) So, in English, allegedly, according to Google... The okay. last verse of the song is they don't know the sadness that they let um that in my soul have left those green eyes that I'll never forget. Ooh, my heart. <laughs> so Ooh. This little drop kick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is a song that plays over and over throughout the film. And it mm-hmm. this one and um there's another cover, uh, Kisas, 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 which is perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. And that song. That's more of like a playful song. Yeah, but it's also about, mm, you know, kind of admitting your feelings for somebody and then they be like, mm, haha, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that does, it does happen. Um, but there's like a couple times where it plays where, um, where there's like they're kind of like acting out, um, like what their spouses would do, and how they kind of like who made the first move, and then she can't really. She's like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is too much. I can't. I can't. And he's like, you could, you could do this. You could see, you could see what happens. Like it's. It's a kind. It's an interesting social, very dangerous, but interesting social experiment that they're doing to see 
how an affair starts. Yeah. Because in their, I think in their eyes, they're just like, I don't know how the hell this happened. And they really want to figure out. And they, one thing I do like about this, it's never anything, a lot of narratives about affairs, it goes back to something that I did wrong. Yeah. Like, what did I do wrong? What did I not fulfill as a partner to make my spouse or significant other cheat? Where this one, this narrative didn't necessarily go there. Neither one of them looked back on what they did wrong. And they honestly didn't blame their spouses for doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't villainize either of them for, for cheating. They just wanted to know the the how, yeah. not necessarily the why, which yeah. I think is a, a question that is not asked in these type of narratives. Because, like, we always want to know the why. The why hurts a lot more than the how. Yeah, because you always are like, uh... Like, you kind of have an idea. Like, okay, you saw each other. Y'all got, like, y'all are attracted to each other. And y'all decide to start this. But then you want to know, like, 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 the how is always easier for most people, I feel like. Rather than, like, the, the why are they doing this? And, like, what did I do wrong? And, like, you know, I kicked this meal for you naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Let me stop doing it. To put that nigga in a home immediately. <laughs> <laughs> December fifth, we need to lock him up. He needs to go to somebody's fucking shady pines on December fifth. See, you keep doing that because I'm like, my mama just turned fifty, so it's not her. <laughs> Your mom has good sense. Your mom is not taking advantage of a lot of different things. Ugh. Your mom is not a capitalist. Yeah. Oh, your mom is not exploiting. She's not a billionaire. Personal gain. She's not a billionaire. (laughs) But yeah, no, it is the I cooked this meal for you naked. So where the hell you at? Kind of thing. (laughs) We don't really be asking where the hell you at. You just kind of like, you know, that's that. I think that's like a modern kind of of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's because mistresses were so common. I mean, she stood up there buying purses for her boss's mistress. So this isn't, like, unheard of. Hmm. Because, it's, it, I mean, it's kind of what I was like, like, oh, this is, like, not inevitable, but, like, it's it's definitely more of, like, like, if my boss called me and was like, hey, can you buy a, a fucking purse for some woman I got in Miami? I'm like, who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, uh, excuse me? So we're buying Three Louis bags, two for me, one for your mistress. <laughs> yeah, where's my cut? <laughs> like this is this is how that situation is going to work. You, <laughs> I, 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 I need payments. Yeah, but like she's like, okay, yeah, I got your wife something. Um, <laughs> but this is where they start doing like actual role play to figure mm-hmm. out the how. Yeah. Like they go to 
the restaurant again and they're like, so we're going to experiment. So I'm going to pretend to be your husband. You're going to pretend to be my wife. Mm-hmm. And they're ordering food and he's like, she's like looking at the menu and she is like, what do you, like, I don't know what to order. Like, what does your wife likes? Just order whatever your wife likes. Yeah. So he orders the meals for them. And all of a sudden he starts to put like spicy mustard on her plate. Yeah. And she's like your wife likes spite like hot food i don't like hot hot food yeah and then she like dips her little was it a steak dips her steak in it and starts yeah. to eat it yeah whatever she had on her plate like some meat or something she dipped in it and it you could tell she was like bruh i don't like this <laughs> it seemed like she liked it to me i mean she kept going back for it so maybe she was like let me commit to this role but also at the first time she dipped it in, she was like, mm. The first time I felt like she was like, mm, mm, I don't know about this. But then, because yeah. if I didn't like it, I wouldn't eat no more of it. I'm like, eh, fuck that. Yeah. We, we X this part of the role play. Fuck that. But she kept, <laughs> she ate all her, like she ate all the spicy mustard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. to me in my brain, I was like, so wait, does he know that Sue likes hot foods or does the wife like hot foods? Do they both like hot foods? Are he, is he paying attention to what she likes? Like what is happening? I feel like he was adapting like like she was trying to adapt to what his wife would like to play the part because he was saying stuff and she was like, no, my husband would never say that. And then like he would say something else and he was like, oh, yeah, that's something like my husband would do because he's kind of like a, a charmer or whatever. But yeah, it is. It, the lines get really blurred really, really quickly. So there is kind of like a we don't know where y'all are getting this or who likes what and who's who and who are you actually um apart from this so it's a lot it it's it's a a whole lot they decide to like this scene is kind of like the scene afterward like after their expert experimental dinner they get a taxi back and she can tell like she feels uncomfortable she's upset and he tries, it seems like he tries to comfort her, like, tries to, like, hold her hand, and she, like, moves away from him. hmm Yeah. And so he, not like, there yet. he's like, okay, all right. And you can tell that hurts him as well. hmm And from there, they kind of bond through writing serials. Yeah, I think I forget how it um it happens. Like he's like kind of what I don't want to dwell on like what I should have done or something like that. I dwell on the past too much. Like I want to start doing stuff that I want to do and write the stuff that I want to write. And they kind of figure out that they both like martial arts serials. Cause I think at one point she like early on before they figure out that they that their husband or that their spouses are cheating on them that um that she borrowed books from him mhm 
So, yeah. And that's when, too, she goes to the back to the house, and then I think one of the neighbors opens the door. Not the house, but they, she goes to the apartment. One of the neighbors opens the door, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'll take them. They're both at home. Like, they've been fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you get a little hint in there. Like, they decide to work on the cereals together, and the first evening, they decide to do it at Chow's apartment. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did we talk about when he was at his desk smoking and writing? No. <laughs> we haven't talked about the the big... As Brittany would say, I love my man. I, just <laughs> I love Tony. I think he is just... Not like... I don't know how to describe it. I wouldn't say like... You know how some people are like, Oh, my God. This, like, Chris Hemsworth is, like, built like this. And blah, blah, blah. I just think he's so adorable. I think it's just... I don't know what it is. Every time he's in a movie, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I just, I think he's just so great. And I don't know anything about him, really, outside of, like, his movies that I've seen. <laughs> he looks so good in this movie, too. He's got, like, that 1960s slick back hair. After watching this, I had to text Ashley, like, I love your man. <laughs> no, look at her moving in on my <laughs> on my situation that I got over here. I've been building for like a couple years now. Stay low and I'm building. Them suits. Them the suits, suits were right. You know when it's right, it's right. Oh, the suits and the cigarettes. Woo. Woo. <laughs> mm Only in a movie though. If I actually see you smoking like in real life, I'm like, mm that's okay. But like in a movie, the smoke is curling all nice. I'm like, come on now. Though, like the cigarette shots are gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Do I want to start smoking cigarettes?" Like, no, I'm don't. not, I'm not gonna look as cool, but <laughs> like, is this, is this the next phase of my life? Just get a jewel and just be like, Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, but I think yeah they start they start writing together um she's like editing um his like stories and stuff um and they're spending more and more time together and then since she's doing this at like his room because i don't know at this point like the spouses don't really make an appearance again yeah, they're gone. Especially his wife is kind of gone. So I don't know, like, what happened to her specifically. Um, because I think there's one point where did we see, like, a conversation off to the side where she calls somebody and she's like, I don't think we should see each other anymore or something like that. And then you see her crying in the bathroom, like, in the shower. But mm-hmm. then you don't see anything else. So I'm not really sure what happens, but Chow's like, you know what? You can come over to my room. <laughs> Like, okay, more boldness. <laughs> and uh, they're writing and stuff. And then the neighbors come home. Because the one of the neighbors' husband is, like, fucked up in public. Yeah, He got drunk too drunk at dinner. Which apparently he likes to get drunk. So this is not, like, a new occurrence. But they had to cart him home. Mm-hmm. And they're basically trapped in the room. Yeah. I mean, she can't leave his room. 
Yeah, she can't sneak out the window. Nope. <laughs> like a like a like something out of high school or something. That's why I felt like because I was like, this is some, this low key has some high school stuff. Could you sneak out the room later? Like when they first get the like the like the suit like the the next opportunity, <laughs> she was like, "Let me hightail it out of here." But she's stuck in there for like hours, like the rest of the night, and then part of the rest of the day, next day, because I think um, like they're supposed to be playing like either cards or mahjong, um. And and the, and the landlady's like, yeah, we're just gonna play like eight rounds. And and Sue was like, you really believe that? Because he goes and asks, like, oh, like how you know, are you gonna stay all night? And stuff so like, oh yeah, we're just gonna play, like, you know, some games or whatever. Just like eight rounds. It's like eight rounds sounds like a lot already. And they played all night. I don't even know why they. I guess maybe the maid was still there or something. So she still couldn't leave. But eventually the coast is clear and she sneaks out. Girl, they both miss work. (laughs) Bruh. And I want to be like, y'all grown. But at the same time, the 60s. Yeah. Like they didn't have the, I mean, the scandal. Like that would be a huge scandal. And I bet you too, they might have gotten like kicked out. Oh, yeah. Of the apartment, like she could have been like, "Yo, y'all gotta get down here with that shit. <laughs> we can't be having that shit in my house." So, um, yeah, and her, and I think her, either the, is it the maid or the um, like they go, she goes by a ma, like they call her a ma, which I think she's like the servant or the maid of the house. She's like, "I didn't see you leave <laughs> this morning." She's like, "Oh yeah, I went to go have lunch or breakfast with my mother. Like you weren't around." When I left, I was like, come on, quick thinking. And she was like, are you sure? Because um, I was up early. <laughs> you know, I would have saw you when you left. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine making all these excuses? I'm like, yeah, I didn't go. I didn't go to work. Because, you know. I I would have been caught up. Like, I I can't lie. Well, I, I can't either. I'm so as soon as somebody asked me a simple question like Brittany how was your day I would be like well fuck I was caught next dot damn it ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit I just think it's too much work I'm always like yo I can tell you the truth and get this shit over with like you like easy. so look I was next door I was yeah. next door we was trapped there I swear we was not fucking we was just working <laughs> on comic books that's that's the truth <laughs> It was just the dirty truth. shit, like comic books. <laughs> <laughs> then they would think you would be lying. <laughs> it's like I swear we were not. I uh, swear, like you could look at this manuscript, like look at it, like we. This is the proof. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it would never have worked for her to be like, yeah, I was next door. Because they probably wouldn't be like, oh, you were writing comic books dressed like that? Yeah. Like, oh, that's what you do? And we're talking <laughs> it, and your husband ain't around, and his wife ain't never around. Like, 
That sounds like a lie to me. Mm, mm. I don't know about the sound of this. Sounds like some bullshit, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, I guess because they don't want that to happen again, um, and he, I guess the the cereal is actually kind of popular. Um, Chow like treats her to dinner, and he decides that he has enough money that he can rent a room, which ends up being, um, room 2046. Um, cause he says like, he's like, there's nothing between us, but like, I don't want there to be any gossip, which I'm like, okay, good, smart. But I'm like, you lying. But that, that looks worse. It does look worse. Cause I'm like, now you leave in the house all the time. So you and her are not in the same, like you gone and she gone. <laughs> Your wife gone, her husband gone. Like, do y'all. If you rent a room. Like, you should have rented, like, office space. He might not have the money to do that, though. Yeah. Office space like, is very expensive. Yeah, they are. But, like, renting, a, like, a hotel room, though. I know, because I didn't realize it was a hotel room. I thought it was just a, like, another room. But I guess it would make sense because nobody was in there. It wasn't, like, how they live now, like, in the apartment with, mm-hmm. like, their other, like, neighbors and stuff so that that's like low-key a setup <laughs> that was i feel like if he was Chow raggy was he could have set her up and <laughs> chow was plotting chow listen listen chow that was because at this point i was like i don't really know if chow even gives a shit anymore <laughs> His wife is cheating on him. Or was cheating on him? I don't know. Like, because we never figure out when the affair, like, ended. If it did end. Yeah, we do. We assume that his wife leaves him. I guess so. I don't know when that was, though. Yeah. Because I guess it would have been after that phone call where she's like, we can't see each other anymore, but then they don't really have, like, a confrontation. So, like, one day she's just like, oh, yeah. Like, he, um, because eventually he, he moves away. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't mention his wife <laughs> or anything like that. So, like, did she, like, when did that end? Hmm. But because, I guess, that she's been out so much... Well, okay, before that, they do the thing where they practice confronting her husband. So it's another scene where you see her talking, like they're eating or whatever, and she's talking, and you see, like, the back of Chow's head, but we don't know it's Chow. It could be her husband. And so she's like, "Are you ha- do you have a mistress? And all this stuff. And he's like, yes, and she slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, that's not believable. Like, that's not good. You see Chow, and he's like, yeah, so you gotta run that, do that again, girl. Like, that's not good. Like, I don't (laughs) believe, like, I wouldn't believe that. You don't seem angry enough. Yeah. But I don't think she was ever gonna, like, beat his ass or something. It just didn't seem like her character, like, and her personality. Just start screaming and yelling. 
Yeah, she she wouldn't like cut up. She wouldn't like put all his stuff in his car and set it on fire. Yeah, it wouldn't be a waiting to exhale situation. Which is something that I would lean toward. I mean, that's usually my first thought. Is I mean, I I feel like that movie had an impact on me because I watched it as a youth. <laughs> so now, I just want to do that without my- an arson charge. Yeah, don't come up here and using this as fucking, like, evidence or whatever. <laughs> Am I going to do that? No, I'm just going to take my L in silence, not burn up a car. <laughs> but that's my first thought is, like, destroy everything. <laughs> like, I will call you all kinds of raggedy motherfuckers, <laughs> but will I burn your shit? No. Yeah, I don't think even Sue would do that. No, she wouldn't. She would no. just be like, oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, poor girl. Um, so, yeah, and I think at one point she's like, we won't be like them, I guess, like, because of the room that they're renting. Like, I mean, good good job. Set those boundaries early because, like you said, Chow might have been plotting. I, he, I feel like he was plotting. I feel like <laughs> that was a setup. <laughs> Chow, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> I feel it's a setup. It was definitely a setup. Yeah. You know, the more you say it, the more I'm like, you know what? That's not really appropriate (laughs) for either of y'all, but especially for her. So, um, because she's been going out, I guess, to this room a lot and stuff, um, she is confronted by Mrs. Swen and, uh, she's like, you know what? You've been going out a lot, haven't you, girl? <laughs> you could do that when you're young. <laughs> like, but don't overdo it. He was like, don't you let- need to <laughs> slow down. Yeah, don't let your travel. You don't uh, don't let your husband travel so much. Like, you know, y'all should spend time together. And I was like, but girl, I mean, how raggedy? How would you? Like, how would you stop him from traveling so much if he travels for his job and he's usually traveling for his job to cheat? I know. Like, listen, bitch, you gotta get a new job. (laughs) I don't care how. (laughs) This is coming to an end. (laughs) I just, like, I mean, you notice this so much. Um, You ain't noticed that her husband and... His wife be out at the same time all the time. Hmm. But I guess they, it's like you know, get your get your house in order kind of thing, which is unfair. Cause I was like, this lady ain't done nothing to nobody, from what I can see. Yeah, like to put the onus on her to control her husband and it's not trash. to have him be responsible for his actions. Yeah. I guess that's what you would have, like, that's, I mean, a lot of people still kind of think that way now. Yeah, way too many adult people think that way. Mm -hmm. And unrelated, but mildly related to this, because I was just thinking about, I was watching what we do in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Okay, I promise this tangent will make sense. And you probably, I'm about to bring it back. About to spiral a little bit. Okay. Okay. So I was watching what we do in the shadows, a U.S. TV show, 
and Beanie Feldstein was on it. Oh, Beanie. And I thought about how she's going to be in American Crime Story. Is that it? American yeah. with about Monica, Monica Lewinsky. So I started thinking about how when I was younger, how they made Monica Lewinsky the villain of mm-hmm. um, the uh, President Clinton's impeachment scandal. Yes. How do you make a 24-year-old woman a villain in this particular instance when she is a victim of one of the most powerful men in the whole fucking world? Yeah. And not only was she a victim, her his wife was also a victim. Like, she was villainized. Like, Hillary, I don't get me started on her politics, but anytime you would hear jokes about Hillary. It was always like she was a shrew who couldn't take care of home. And that's the reason why her husband was cheating. Yeah. Cause all she does is wear pantsuits and, and shit like that. And she trying to be too involved with politics and stuff. And, and it's basically her fault because she's not out here being all fine and stuff. Yeah. And it, it was never Bill Clinton was a trifling ass motherfucker who used his power to take advantage of women. It's never an adult man or an adult is making their own decisions and taking advantage of people. It's always the other parties involved, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to cheating. Like, we never point blame at the right people. Nope. It's usually your fault. Like, you can't get your man together. Mm. Couldn't be me. So, I feel like... you too. (laughs) Like, let's... And I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to say to Sue here. Like, but also maybe she's trying to look out for her. Like, I don't want you, I don't want people to be out here looking at you crazy. Yeah. Like you out here, like, cause she already dresses nice. They already mentioned, Oh, you dress like that to go get noodles. Um, and she hasn't been spending time at home. And if, a cheating scandal were to pop off, she would be, she would suffer the most. Yeah. And she, I think she knows that too, because she don't be all out here like chow too much. Like she's very careful and he's just kind of like, I mean, he's not like out here wilding or whatever. Not yet. But like, (laughs) at this part, he's kind of like, yo, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, waste any more time because clearly I just wasted time on this lady. So let me just go and do what I like to do, which is write things I want to write. Because he's a writer. We never mentioned that, did we? He's, like, a newspaper writer. So he kind of writes about all kinds of stuff, like horse racing and that kind of stuff. So he's not, like, a – he's not, like, a a features writer. Um, But he's probably not writing about stuff that interests him. He's kind of, like, a catch-all, kind of, like, we need this reported on kind of writer. So he's already not doing stuff that he kind of really, really wants to do at work. And then he's got this home situation. So he's like, man, I'm sick of this. But she kind of doesn't have that same, she doesn't have that same, like, I guess, like, agency. um, Or at least, um, like, they don't give her that leeway 
to kind of do whatever, even though we don't really figure out, like, she doesn't really have, like, that kind of, like, oh, I want to do this with my life. Like, she seems like she's kind of, she's kind of chill with being secretary, but she also doesn't have, like, that, they're not going to give her the same kind of, like, oh, yeah, like, it wasn't his fault, it was this girl, because she out here being reckless. So they wouldn't really favor her, I guess, in that way. Like, they probably would him if it was, like, a scandal that came up between them. I feel like they would both be scandalized, but it would, like you said, it would definitely be her because she should know better, quote, unquote. <sighs> the world is garbage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, that's uh, that's what it's like to be a woman. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. Yeah. Always. I feel like there's other cultural things that we're probably missing, um, like nuances and things. Cause yeah. We're not, you know, from Hong Kong or we weren't born in the 60s, so we don't have or like living in the 60s. So we like don't have yeah. all the info, even though I mean, we could sit here and read like thousands of interviews with Director Wong and probably not, you know. I think that only comes from like living there and living through it because even also because you said about the food I meant to say this earlier he even said like there are subtle things about oh like to show the passage of time that like food only like certain foods would be made during certain times of the year like Shanghai um, um, Shanghainese food is only prepared like a certain time during the year so like this is how you you would know and like i think he says like they considered putting like some of the vegetable names and stuff in the subtitles but he said that would be too much but like if you don't probably speak the language you wouldn't understand what's going on like the subtle nuances so i think like there's so many subtleties in this movie that we miss we missed because it like I was watching that interview and part of it to me and I, I was like okay part of it to me was like well and I was like you know what yeah I'm I was gonna go further off my deep dive because I was like oh okay what they they eating now what okay let yeah. me go research what time of year and I was like okay Brittany like <laughs> I know <laughs> You gotta, let's dial it back. I googled sesame, sesame syrup. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out, like, you know, when that would be made. But I think it's just because, like, like when you're sick or whatever. But also people were like, I couldn't think of it, if it was a drink or if it was a soup. Because I feel like the girls have turned it into a drink. But also I didn't know, it was like a hot toddy or kind of something like that. Um, Because that happens when child gets sick <laughs> after being in the rain like waiting on her or something uh she figures out like from his friend that he wanted some sesame soup and she's like oh okay and all of a sudden she's making a big ass pot of sesame <laughs> or sorry sesame syrup she's making a big ass pot of sesame syrup and and one of the i think one of the neighbors is like oh all this she's like yeah i'm making it for everybody and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, girl. <laughs> okay. But I think to get all the nuances and stuff, like cultural nuances and like other things, like you just have to, you'd have to be in the know. Like it's just one of those things like we probably won't catch all the, all of the nuances of the movie. But just in thinking of like things like, 
if there was a scandal between the two of them, like who would it come down to? I feel like in history in general, it's it usually comes down on the woman. Yeah, like unfavorably. That's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, life, man. Life is. It's just funny. <laughs> In a very unfunny way. So I think after that conversation, she makes a similar call to Chow. And she's like, hey, um, I just got lectured. So we probably shouldn't be hanging around each other too much. Yeah, she was like, this done. Yeah. So they can't even be like, I mean, were they friends? Yeah. I mean, like they were friends. And then also it's like, I mean, there's like... Like, there's something under the surface there the whole time. So, um, I don't know if he was, like, if he took that as a sign to leave or was it just, like, oh, this is a good opportunity. Because at this point, I mean, we're I guess we can assume that his wife is no longer in the picture because he's, like, yeah, I'm going to Singapore to write. Oh, yeah. He he does relocate to to Singapore Mm -hmm. and he tells her like yeah like there's an extra ticket for you if you want it well I was so confused because at one point he was like he was like I didn't mean to fall in love kind of thing but it just kind of happened you know I thought I was in control of the situation and then He's like, you're never going to leave your husband, no matter how, like, basically, no matter how raggedy he is. <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I won't ever see you again. Um, and then it turned out to be a rehearsal. <laughs> like another role playing thing. And I was like, this is just flinging me around the room. <laughs> and my emotions. <laughs> flinging me from one side of the room to the other. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this got to be like the third time I've seen this movie and I was like, bitch, wait, what? <laughs> I think, but I think with that role play, that particular role play, I think that was a both. I think that was a both um role yeah. play. Yeah. I think that was meant for both Chow and her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she wasn't really, I mean, she never really acted like she was going to leave. She, I mean, they practiced confronting him, but like, she never said, like, oh, I'm going to leave him or whatever. And Chow was like, listen, <laughs> a man ain't got no ties no more. <laughs> a man's out. He, he, I've been trying to figure out, like, a question for me is, did, did he love her? Which I, did he love her or was he lonely? And I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel like he was lonely and she was there for him. And I feel like he took that relationship that they had and made it into something a little bit more that maybe it, might not have necessarily been or had become or maybe it was something in his head that it wasn't and you kind of see that play out a little bit more in 2046 yo he's going through it but 
I don't know, like, what? I oh. think he loved her. I think, like, they, because I think maybe he was like, oh, maybe we can get back at them. Because that was in one of the interviews, too, that they talked about, like, oh, is he trying to get back at his wife? Or did he actually love her? I think he loved her. I think initially he was probably like, like, who else are you going to, like, work this out through? Because this is the only other person in your vicinity that you know that's going through the same thing. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I think he loved her, but I think it might have just started kind of maybe more of a, a, a tinge of revenge maybe, but then like he genuinely did care for her and you kind of see that later, even though like in 2046 it's, it's like. Brett, you were going off. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, um, oh yeah, in the taxi, she actually lets him hold her hand this time. I think, you're like, you're like, oh, things might be progressing. I think that's like her, her acknowledging her feelings for him. Mm-hmm. But they but, probably weren't gonna be together. Yeah, like her acknowledging those feelings that she has for him, but also internally acknowledging that she cannot outward, other than this, outwardly reciprocate them. Right. Like she can't, she cannot fuck this man. Yeah. Like, although that's in the deleted scenes, and I was like, I didn't want it. Like, I wanted it. Like, no. I was like, like okay. I was like, y'all, y'all should just do this. Y'all should just get it knock that out just do it do it do it and then i watched it i was like no like this because <laughs> it was weird they're still like kind of role-playing it wasn't them because they're like um, both like just stripping off their clothes but she's kind of like oh i don't know about this and they almost kissed and she's like i can't do this and then i forget what happens in between and then all of a sudden you just like hear them and i'm like no this is not good and it was a not like this situation. Because I was, I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, ooh, it's going to be good. Like, yeah, this no. deleted scenes is going to be like, have that like intensity of the rest of the movie. No. And it's going to match the vibe. And it's just going to be good. And then we're going to see why, maybe see why he took it out. And then I watched it and I was like, no. Oh. But also there was no music attached to it. So I feel like the music helps, but. I don't think it would have helped in that situation. No, I don't think so either. It probably would have just been like, oh, not like, again, not like this. Not like, like, okay, girl. <laughs> like, All right. Okay, girl. <laughs> I'm so glad they cut that part out. But, um, so I think, like, yeah, he offers her a chance to go to Singapore. There's a scene where her husband dedicates a song to her from like Japan, I guess, or something for her birthday. So he's not even present for her birthday. And I was like, damn, girl, you still got divorced yet. <laughs> and she's never getting divorced. And she's looking like she's listening to the song. He's holding the rice cooker. Like child was holding the rice cooker and looking I at it. I that was what he had. And I was like, oh, damn, oh my chest. All you got to comfort you is that rice. Like my chest, like this is a catalyst for all of this. This rice cooker, I know. like 
this 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 just set everything into motion. Yeah, can you imagine? Mm. Cooking, a cooking appliance just fucked up everything. I mean, you would have found out eventually. Maybe in yeah. the worst way, but I mean, like when you like got sick at work and had to come home. I know. Voice is in the like, house. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, he just came over to give me a purse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, listen, you gotta get out now. <laughs> so, um, I guess she's he's waiting for her in the room, waiting to see if she'll take the, you know, if she wants to come with him because he offers. She don't come by the time he leaves, and then you see her rushing down the stairs <laughs> to go to the room. Uh, and she and he gone. He is gone. He's gone. He gone. Can't call him. Can't look him up on Twitter. <laughs> can't, can't send. Can't see him. Can't see him. A, send him a DM. Can't look at his Instagram. Can't you? Know, you have no idea where this man is. I mean, you know he's in Singapore, but you're like, damn. People don't know about that shit. Could you imagine? Imagine for a second, if you will. Meeting somebody and then you never hear from them again because you cannot contact people like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, like you could ghost on somebody, but like, like you, people do uh, old timey ghosts. Like if people do their Googles or whatever, because people, I mean, like you see the detective work of Twitter, so like we know that you can find pretty much anybody, but like. Once you miss the opportunity, it's gone. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-mm. And what? Oh, my God. And then, okay. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Shoo, shit. Okay, now I got to talk about Sue a little bit. We've been okay. talking about. Okay, so in the in days of being wild, she was in a relationship with the main character um, named Yeti. Who was a thought? He, it was his days of being wild. He was out here. And she was in a relationship with him. And one day she asked him if he wanted to marry her. And he straight up went, now. And kept it moving. (laughs) Oh my God. He straight up just said, now. And kept it moving. So she had that heartbreak. And then throughout, like, the course of that film, it, like, branched off into storylines about him and his exploits. He met other women and continued his, like, playboy, like, lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it went into her. And she kind of, like, started off, like, a relationship with a cop, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really nice romance. Like she was really depressed about ending things with Yeti. And I, her husband in this film is definitely not the cop. But to be in love with somebody, ask them if they're going to marry you, say no, have another relationship that doesn't work out, enter this marriage, and have your spouse 
cheat on you and then possibly have a potential relate like you know that this other person is interested in you romantically and you know that these feelings are reciprocated because you know you feel the same way about them Mm -hmm. but you can't act on those feelings that is so depressing (sighs) like baby girl been through it she has she has and it it like watching that first film kind of gave me more to think about in terms of her character because we don't really know what happens to her after this film in the next film yeah um but just to think about that trajectory of her life like yeah that happens to a lot of different people but i'm sure that she probably has about as many what ifs as chow I saw the scene Days of Being Wild. It is available. It's very... All of these movies, basically, outside of In the Mood for Love are out of print. That is the... the oh, my God. I was... I... The, okay. So, y'all, after watching this film, I just started fiending. I had to watch all of these films. So, I had to also start doing my Googles. To find out where I can own all of these films because they're beautiful. Yes. And well made. And I need them. Like, if I could legally marry this movie, I would. (laughs) And I don't even want to get married to anybody or anything. I would literally marry this movie, though. Um, But all of these movies are out of print. Or very difficult to find in... um, with English subtitles. Yeah. I mean, In the Mood for Love is is the one, because you can buy that from the Criterion collection. Um, but like 2046, nope. Uh, Chunky Express did have a Criterion uh, release that is definitely out of print now. And I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and I don't know if that's a distributor thing or what, but I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I want that movie so bad. I want 24-6 because I can't find it now like where I used to watch it. So I'd have to like get the DVD or something, which Brittany said is on Netflix now, which I was like, yes, because yes. it was not a few years ago. So why I ended up finding it online? How I ended up watching both of these films and Netflix should pay us. Um, I signed up for Netflix DVD, which so far seems to be worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I've been getting the DVDs. They come through in a pinch. Mm-hmm. So I, this is how I watched Days of Being Wild and 2046. So you can sign up today and get a 30-day free trial if you <laughs> already have uh, Netflix, I assume. Go to dvd.netflix.com. Netflix, y'all owe us a check. I was about to say, pay us. Like, give y'all be more information. Yeah, <laughs> pay us in check. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Criterion has Happy Together, Fallen Angels, uh, In the Mood for Love, and 
one other, I feel like. I don't actually know. I think that's all of them. Yeah, there's, um, they have a few, they have a lot of, um, they have a lot of, like, supplementary content, which is why we've done so much research on this, because usually, like, we, we do our research and stuff, but, like, you know, it can be hard. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there's just not a lot out there, but, um, but, yeah, I don't know why this is out of print. And I heard that they were supposed to, not this one, but um, Chunking Express specifically. I do not know why it's out of print. Apparently, they were supposed to bring it back and they haven't. I'm like gearing up for the day when they do because. That's an instant buy for me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, let me pluck that off the shelf. No questions asked. I got to pay $40. Okay. Like, <laughs> kill me later. <laughs> but I'll That's how it. we stand. That's how we stand. So after, after this, I mean, she comes back to the room. She's devastated. Um, the crying scene apparently was Maggie's idea. Um, just her like silently sitting in the room crying. I was like, taste and talent. <laughs> the flavor. The flavor. <laughs> and so then we cut to Singapore in 1963. So it's like a year later, I feel. Um, I don't know how she called him. I guess she- Somehow she got in contact with his friend, according to, like, the deleted scenes. And she calls Chow and somehow is in his apartment um, and smokes a cigarette and leaves in the ashtray. Because he goes in there. He's like, something is missing out of my room. And he's like, was anybody here? And he sees the, 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 uh, the cigarette. And he's like, the fuck? Um, and she calls him to... Um, but doesn't say anything mm. on the, f- I was like, Oh Lord, no, don't play these games with me. <laughs> no, just say something, girl. It's fine. It's been like a year. Yeah. That she- had me fucked up. I was like, say something, please. Um, and I was like, girl, just say, Hey, or something, hey, whisper something. Just be hey, like, Hey, what's up? Stop thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and um i guess later on this part fucked me up too she decides to visit her old landlady um so their hair is starting to look a little different um like the necklines on their outfits is a lot like lowered um i think her hair is like down at this point right like it's not i think so Yes. Yeah, so things are, things are looking different. Her old landlady is immigrating to the U.S. because there was, um, her daughter was, like, worried about her staying in Hong Kong because of some issues, which I, I Googled. Apparently, there were riots in 66. Um, I guess around this time, because I'm assuming this is, like, 66. Um, so, and she's, like, I'm, I, yeah, her daughter lives in the U.S. She's got kids. And she's, like, oh, yeah, hey, mom, come hang out and immigrate here. Which is a big deal. That's a big step to go somewhere you don't know. Um, especially when you probably already immigrated from, like, one part of China to another part of China. And now you're just leaving everything behind altogether and coming to the U.S. with these raggedy people. <laughs> The bravery, braver than the Marines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
And the coups apparently immigrated to the Philippines before they did. And um, Sue decides she wants to rent the apartment. I think she wants to rent, like, the whole thing. I think she did. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, property, like, if the property was cheaper or her, you know, she's because she's still married, <laughs> which kills me. She's still married. Um, And, like, her na- her landlord, like, she asked about the neighbors, and the landlord's like, yeah, I don't really know them anymore. Um, Like, I never really talked to them, which is a big difference. From how it was at the beginning of the movie. Um, like, not knowing your neighbors and stuff. And then... Oh, she leaves, and then fucking... Who shows up? Ooh. I was like, you play games right now, yo. <laughs> this is too much for me! Chow shows up. And he asks about the coups. But I guess this is like later on in time because I guess the the Schwins had already left for America, and he asks, um, you know, like, like are you know are the coups still here? And he was like, I don't really have any like contact information. I just got like a phone number of like one person there in the Philippines. And he asked about the people next door, and he was the neighbor or the guy who like owns the apartment is like, yeah, it's just a lady and her son. And the lady and her son is, is Sue and her son. And he Q, goes. Like the chest punch. In my Ashley, where he goes to stand in front of that door. And didn't, oh, it didn't knock on the door. It didn't knock. I lost it. I was like, bitch, I, knock on the door. I absolutely lost it. I was like, please knock on the door. Knock on the door. You need to learn about that lady and her son. You, please check on the lady and her baby. Please knock on the door. You need to see that lady. You need well. to meet her. <laughs> you need to meet the lady and her son. Just be like, knock I used to on live the door. Here. I used to live next door. Oh my God. Just knock on the door. Oh my but God. he looks at the door, smiles, and walks away. Just fucking kick me in the chest, why don't you? Oh my god. I can't uh, believe. And then we get to the end of the movie. And earlier in the movie he mentions um about how a long time ago people would dig like cut a hole in a tree. Yeah. And whisper their secrets into it and then cover it with mud. Yeah, this is in like a like a monastery in, in Cambodia. It's like Cambodian uh tradition i guess um so last scene is him whispering his secrets mm-hmm. at a, a monastery as a monk watches mm-hmm. and we don't figure out what that secret is it's just like all this swelling orchestral music which shout out to the, i forget what this composer's name is but i like him a lot uh i think he he um has a song at the very beginning of of uh, Chungking Express, and I'm always like, oh, my chest! <laughs> my oh. chest! And the, the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love this film. I absolutely loved it. I love it. Because 
not I, like I said earlier, not a lot of movies really get to me because mm-hmm. I watch a lot of films. Not many make me think about different things. Not many movies allow me to really see myself in a film. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to Ashley that I kind of saw myself in Chow a lot, especially not in his actions in the next movie. <laughs> Definitely not in his actions oh. in 20, 2046, but it's something we can talk about that. That um, Wong Carway said about Chow and what motivates him that I recognize in myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, that was a read. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> like that like was a like a two foot kick in my chest. Um, but he said that Chow in the second film in the I guess the third film, he is still hung up on Sue. And she is like the perfect woman for him. Like Yeah. He tries to do, he tries to reenact and tries to bring himself back or recreate those moments that he made with her, but with other women. Yeah. And he is never really successful because those women are other women who he should be creating new moments with. And those women are not Sue. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Wong Carway said that Chow idealized, like he had this idealized version of her that he hadn't let go in all of these years and he would probably never change and he would probably keep circling back and repeating behaviors over and over again. And I was like, well, God damn it. I was like, <laughs> I idealize things all the time and I repeat behaviors again and again. And mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Also, I love films about longing and unrequited love. Like, Ooh. the Ooh. drama. Ooh. Like, Yeah, I think, because we never really see her story any further. Although there is a deleted scene, which I'm glad he deleted, where they actually see each other at the um, monastery in Cambodia. I was like, nope, cut this shit out. So, (laughs) and she's there with her husband and he's taking pictures of a bunch of tourists and ends up taking her picture because a lady asks and they like kind of have a reunion. Um... And they don't see each other again. And he does his whispering, uh, his secret in the mud. And I was like, I'm glad you took this out. But because like, I mean, once you get to like 2046, you're like, you need to just. <laughs> like, sir, you need therapy. You need therapy, sir. Yeah, because he was out here hoeing. He was out here. <laughs> He was. It's way more like, <laughs> like there's way more. First of all, there's actual sex scenes in this movie. Um, he has a mustache. He which, has a mustache. Yeah, he yeah. on his like Great Gatsby shit or something. And <laughs> um, I he was still writing. He's like a very popular like sci-fi writer at the time, I guess. And he makes this story about a room. 
Um, and like a, I guess it's like a place you can go. Like you travel on it by train. There's a lot of like allusions to like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in that movie too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but while he's doing that, he's also like involves like a couple of different women who I wouldn't say they look like Sue, even though like Zang Z's hair kind of was, gave me a little bit of Sue's kind of like updo or whatever. And she genuinely cares for him, and he's just kind of like, Woo, I mean, you knew what it was. You knew what it was when we started this, baby. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Some of the shit that he did to her had me like, screaming at my TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> you knew what it was. Here's $10. And I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I yes. oh my god! I almost lost it. It's like oh. this isn't the child that I knew. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't so the child I knew. It's so raggedy, and they're so good together on screen. Oh, I love Zhang Ziyi so much. Um, if you don't know who she is, she is in. Well, I think most people who probably listen to this would probably know her from Rush Hour too. <laughs> At least, like, most American audiences. Woo, but also, y'all, I revisited that, and let me tell y'all, shit. Did it not age well? None of the Rush Hour movies have aged well. They I'm should not, not have been made. <laughs> I think I've only seen, like, a, a, a bit of Rush Hour 2, and that, there was another one, right? There are three. Okay, I haven't seen three. I probably never will because I really didn't care for them that much. But she's in that movie. Um, she is also in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, she's in like House of Flying Tiger. She's in a lot of. She was in that Cloverfield. Uh, um, the one with Goo Goo Parallelogram. <laughs> I don't know what it was called. The third one. Co- wait, the one, the one with Goo Goo. Yeah, wasn't she? Let me make Go- sure. Clo- Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, I called it Cloverfield Parallelogram. <laughs> I mean, she was in. I'll watch that movie. But wait, she was-, was she? Wait, hold on. Let me. Know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she, she was. was. She was. And I watched it. I was like, it. shit, if she's in life and not Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, she was in there. She only spoke Mandarin, I believe. I um, forgot I watched it. Yeah, hmm. she was, uh, I think, Daniel Brohl's girlfriend in the movie um she cussed him out once or twice (laughs) so yeah she was don't waste your time with that one no don't it was not that it was not that good so um i mean the real best part of the movie is the very very end like the literal last shot of the movie so because if you see Cloverfield, you're like, oh, that's what happened to a certain visitor to this planet. <laughs> I oh, Seems oh. like he grew up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's really the only, that's the only good part. But, um, um, yeah, so she's, she's pretty good. She's also in, um, The Grandmaster, again with Tony. Um, and they have really good chemistry in that movie. Although I don't really like, that. somebody butchered the editing in that movie. I want the Weinsteins to be held accountable for their many, many crimes, but also for like whatever they did to that movie. Because I was sitting there, I was like, I know there's more to this. Where's the rest of it? It's more, they just said that Americans and Western audiences are dumb. Which, I I mean, I mean, yeah, but but at the same time, 
like let me have let me have it it's been so long <laughs> i really want to know why everybody keeps holding his shit hostage like this this is like uncalled for um because they don't want us to have good art i mean like you would think like because he's so revered that somebody would be like yeah totally because even like with chunking express they had to put fucking quentin tarantino's name on it for people to want to watch it i was like this is a bit much hey and like good on quentin for like being like yeah this is a movie that people should watch in in america i want to see how to get this distributed like but the fact they had to put his name on it to like for people to actually be like, oh, what is this? They do that too. He oh. has a lot of Quentin Tarantino's, and there's usually like a black exploitation movie. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean that seems par for the course for him. But like you would think that you know, I'm like, damn, y'all are. I know people who like like foreign film and stuff, but like, like that's what it takes to go watch this movie. For some, I, for I mean, some I don't want to shame people for like how they find movies because how you find a movie is how you find a movie. Like, especially since they got this man's movies locked up in some vault somewhere. This is the this is what this is what's gonna be like when Disney takes over. Free these the films. Free by these way. films. Free my homie. <laughs> free free homie. hashtag. Free these films, please. Free the homie. Please, please free free these films. Yeah, but this is what's gonna be like when. When Disney takes over. Everything going in that Disney vault. Everything's going to Disney vault. <laughs> so fucked. Um, so um, I was going to mention one more scene, which is the scene in Cambodia um, where General de Gaulle talks to the Cambodian royal family. And it's like a whole big thing. Because I didn't get why they had that news report. I guess it's to, like, partially to ground it in in sort of, like, a, t- a, a setting, even though they mentioned that it's Cambodia in 1966 at this time. But also, um, apparently, like, that speech was really famous because he was like, yo, listen, shout out to y'all for being um, neutral in the situation between Vietnam and the United States, uh, which I guess the United States was very pissed off about. Um, And he was like, yo, like, whatever's about to happen, it's not going to be fixed by the military, which I also find interesting because I was like, wasn't Vietnam like a French colony at one point? Mm. But I don't really know enough about the policies of of General de Gaulle and all that. so that's like would probably take more research, but he was basically like, "Listen, uh, whatever's about to happen here, like it's not going to end well. <laughs> it's not going to end well, most likely for the United States." And the United States was like, "Well, fuck you then." <laughs> so like, I don't know if he put that in there as like sort of like a a nod to like imperialism, hmm, or what have you. I haven't found a, like enough research about it. Um, because I actually did not know that was Charles de Gaulle, Charles, Charles de Gaulle. Sorry. Um, I didn't know that was him until like, I kind of did some Googling and I think my like subtitles was like, yeah, General de Gaulle. And I was like, Oh, I know that name. I know that name from all my French research. (laughs) I fucking better know that name. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know if it, I mean, some people kind of have, have also talked about, like, the relationship between, like, Britain and Hong Kong and how that, um, at that point, I think it was still going strong. Um, but also, too, I didn't realize that the Cultural Revolution happened in 1966. So there was just a lot happening in this area of the world. A lot was going on. A lot of upheaval. And political change. Mm-hmm. In addition to these lovers having their non-love story. <sighs> oh, man. Shit. There's a lot happening. So, I mean, I think from our commentary, I think everybody can kind of tell that we recommend this movie wholeheartedly. Highly, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite films mm-hmm. ever. I'm I'm going to say that ever, period. She just started watching these movies like a couple months ago. Like, like I stand. And she stands. Mm-hmm. I stand her man. Yeah. <laughs> you stand. <laughs> I think Tony's just adorable. I just love him. He oh. <laughs> he wears a suit well, and he smokes cigarettes all yeah. equally as well. Yeah, it just, I mean... It does things. If you're into that kind of thing, it does things. Yeah. And Maggie's beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. She doesn't act anymore. Ooh, oh, I need to find one of the films that she's in called Clean. I think it's a French movie. Mm-hmm. That's on my to-watch list. And it was like from 2004. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what her last movie... Oh, yeah. I think that was her last movie. She pop- allegedly popped up in Inglorious Bastards. But really? her scene was cut. But... Oh, yeah. Apparently it's a deleted scene. No, that wasn't her last movie. She had a movie called Ashes of Time Redo in 2008. And then she's got some movies in 2010. Um, like she had a cameo and she had like a short film and then one movie and then she hasn't done anything since then. Maybe we can bring her back. Well, there's supposed to be another um This was like, like a continuation of of 2046, and um, I guess next year is he supposed to put out another movie? Uh, it's called Blossoms. It's called what? It's called Blossoms, which I don't know if that's gonna be like the English language English language name because I think this one is like in the age of flowers. Is is the actual? Oh, yeah. Um, Chinese title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was another one. I cannot wait. I hope it's good because I know um, some of his other movies. I mean, not that we don't want to <laughs> shit on his movies, but I know this. <laughs> apparently, my blueberry nights is terrible. Ooh, I see what I was feeding, and I ran out of stuff to watch, ran out of content. Mm-hmm. And I tried to watch my Blueberry Nights, and I was like, "What is it about?" I made it. I was like, "Okay, first of all, we got Tony, then we got Jude Law," and I was like, 
Jude Law's hairline, even though it was still 20, like 2007, that oh, hairline yeah. was not doing stuff. And I was like, he's not in a suit. He is not smoking cigarettes. He's also Jude Law. <sighs> that was a strike against the film. Sorry. So I, I was <laughs> watching it. And it's about a woman named Elizabeth who breaks up with her boyfriend, leaves her apartment keys with Jude Law, who runs a bakery. And they stay up all night talking and he, she eats a piece of blueberry pie or eats a whole blueberry pie. And mm-hmm. then uh, that's when I stopped watching. Cause I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't saying nothing ain't happened yet. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. But I know Natalie Portman pops up and Rachel Weisz. And I think this is like his first English language movie, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, Nora Jones. Yeah, Nora Jones is the 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 lady. Interesting. And I was just like, okay, girl, I guess, I I guess this. All right. I mean, it made money. Some. It's. I mean, if it's on, it's streaming free on Amazon Prime. Is it really? I'm gonna watch it. <sighs> I got I gotta clean my room anyway, so I got you know. It's it's on Prime, so if sounds you like check a clean that out, my room movie. That's exactly what it's useful for. <laughs> it's just it's just not a banger like everything else. Like no, everything else, absolutely slaps. Yeah, and then it's that. Okay, this segues into a good um thing. I guess like how what would we recommend in addition to um. In addition to In the Mood for Love, like, would we recommend some of our favorite Wong Kar Wai movies? Should we recommend, um... I... I, okay. I have two. And one is because I feel like we have to finish this story. Okay. Even though we might have spoiled some stuff. I feel like if you've seen this, if you watch this, if you take in the beauty that is this film... You have to kind of see what happens next in 2046. Oh, yeah. And I recommended this movie way back in our favorite watches of 2018 episode. Um, I don't think I spoiled too much. I think we've talked about it way more now because it is hard to it's hard to watch because it's not very linear. There's stories within stories. Um, and you, it, it helps to watch this movie before that movie, just because you need like context because it is the same character. Um, like they're the same guy, but you kind of see how he kind of goes off the deep end. And if you can honestly squeeze it, if you can finesse your way, like I did other characters, like. Mimi or Lulu mm-hmm. are in Days of Being Wild. Right. So, And she's in one of the de- uh, deleted scenes. That also, mm-hmm. that one deleted scene where it's like the 70s and like <laughs> she owns the apartment and here comes this lady like, oh yeah, my name is Lulu. My husband's last name is Chow. And I was like, bitch, what? And then <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Like, Sue's unbothered until she's like, yeah, he's a writer. And we're both like, stop. Stop it now. Um, and she's selling the apartment because they're immigrating as well. Um, although I don't, I guess we're to assume she's immigrating to the United States. Um, and her husband's out again. I think he's supposed to be looking at schools for the baby, for their son. And so, um, I was like, the fuck? So, I mean. And that was a setup. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? He's already scoping out the, 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 (laughs) the area. Like, okay. Got different hoes and different time zones and stuff. Like, this man thought. And uh, yeah, that scene was also very interesting to watch. Yeah, and I know he said that he cut it off because originally he was going to do from like 62 to 1972, like the timeline of the movie. And he was like, that would be too much. And the tone changed too because, you know, the neighbors aren't there. It's not as like lively in the apartment. She looks completely different. She's got like the middle part and it's slicked down and she got his fur coat on. She looked great. She did. She's still depressed. So upset. And I think Lulu's like, yeah, go upstairs and talk to your woman. I know you still talk about her. (laughs) I know you still thinking about her. Go on up there and see what she about. Go check on her. And then he's like, you know what? You knew what it was. (laughs) He was like, why did you bring me here? He's like, I didn't want you to follow me. You wanted to follow me. I was like, boy, you married. (laughs) We're supposed to follow each other. And that's when that was the England that maybe Chow was trash. You know what? <sighs> I mean, just because you get your heart stomped on doesn't mean you have to be like a complete asshole. That should be the lesson here. That's the lesson of 2046 at least. Oh, so we I- recommend that you watch that. Mm-hmm. And then my other recommendation is to kind of like bridge the gap between like watching In the Mood for Love and Moonlight. Mm-hmm. And that's Chunking Express. Um, I, when I was watching, when I was going through it and watching all these movies, um, <laughs> ooh, child, y'all, ooh, it was a time. It was a time. <laughs> I was going through it, and I was watching all these movies with each one just back to back, like kicks in the chest. And I was like, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for this art. Thank you. Tortured over here. Um, but Barry Jenkins was talking about how when he first started film school, this was the first foreign language film he had ever seen, and it like changed his life basically. Mm-hmm. And he was just like awed by how the film was made and the use of music um, in the film. Yeah, and I like. After I watched that little, like, after I watched the movie and I watched a little clip of Barry talking about it, saw him looking all hard eyes emoji, I was hard eyes emoji, and then I went to watch Moonlight, and that was the, like, second time I had ever seen it since the first time I seen it. Yeah. You can see, like, the impact of it. So, that's what I would recommend that you watch as well. I feel like he... Especially, like, in If Bill Street Could Talk, I feel like the musical cues are, like, very similar to this one. There's a lot of, like, swelling 
orchestral music in if Beale Street could talk. And I've already talked enough <laughs> about the score. It should have won the fucking Oscar. <laughs> and I will die on that hill. But um, I feel like he, yeah. And there's a lot of close-ups. Ooh. A lot of atmospheric um, shots of Ooh. the two of them, of the couple in that movie and how they're struggling to be together and that kind of thing uh, that I really, really liked. Ooh. So Bill Street like- could talk had me like out here like, could I fall in love? I would like to watch that again. I feel like I would be um you know, distraught. <laughs> distraught again. And that will also kick you in the chest. You know, I did <laughs> I was like, oh like the the close-ups, the music. Sometimes you got to be kicked in the chest, man. The beauty, like, even, I'm not going to go there talking about your boy, but it's it's a good film, I'm guys. Say, don't do this. I'm not. I'm trying to be a better person today. Today. Yes, today. Right, right now. now. In this moment. Between being a better person. The hours like, of one and I, four o'clock. <laughs> I... I have to do better. You need to do better. I have to. (laughs) It is imperative. Like, I have to do better. Yes. So, So. um, I guess, as you all know, we're going to be talking about Moonlight next uh, episode. Uh, Should be a good time because I I cannot believe I really have not watched that movie in like three years. I remember most of the things about it. Um. I think we it can probably make a little bit more uh, comparisons in terms of like um, the way time is treated in that movie, which I think is done really well. Um, and like different shots, the hallway shot with his mom and that kind of thing. And um, and yeah, talk a little bit about Barry and his mm-hmm. um, his inspirations and things. Because I went and saw the movie completely blind. So it's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I keep hearing about this movie. Let me go see it. And I woke up on Sunday at like eight in the morning. <laughs> Drove all the way out to Mesquite to go see like the last showing of this movie. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, my heart. I watched, I watched this movie on bootleg, but don't tell Barry. Um, now we can't add him. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> I love you, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's worth your time. Yeah, I mean, is gorgeous. Yeah, we can also probably talk about why people think it's underrated, which I also struggle with a lot. It won an Oscar, guys. It, it won the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it stole the white man's Oscar. So it stole the white man's Oscar. <laughs> I did not watch that. I don't like to watch the Oscar. I don't like to watch award shows in general. I don't like to watch the Oscars because people get so nasty about the Oscars now. And I'm just like, bro, like, could you just chill the fuck out? But nobody can ever chill the fuck out. 
and you know people are getting invited to the oscars that shouldn't be there and shit like that so i'm just like you know what this is all a joke i don't want to watch this no more so um yeah that whole thing although i'm not on like the la la land hate train i actually really like that movie as well but i just think it's all kind of like like y'all gotta read number one <laughs> y'all gotta get some presenters that can read y'all also gotta do better design of the cards um and so, I mean, I, I can recognize the importance of that movie winning for sure. But I just find it really odd that people are like, this is a very underrated movie. And I'm like, how? Bill Street is underrated, guys. Bill That's Street is underrated. very underrated because I still don't see enough of you talking about it. Y'all need to get on that. Stop playing games. Ooh. So, yeah, thank you guys once again for listening to us ramble. And express our love for film. Film. (laughs) Um, We really appreciate it. Um, If you are inclined to, we would love if you would, you know, rate the show on iTunes or leave a review and comment. We also like we're trying to do better. We are trying to do better. If you want to engage and interact with us on Twitter mm-hmm. at BLK Girl Film Club, we be out here. We on there. We read it. We see y'all. We love you. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on there. Um, if you want to drop us an email, you can email us at um, blackgirlfilmclub at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. You can also visit this website blackgirlfilmclub.com. And as always, you can listen to the show on like Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually a lot more places than I realize we are. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) Aggregators and things like how do you get the content? You know, just thank you for, you know, engaging with it. Thank you for talking to us. If you do like, you know send us a message we always read them of course we try to reply back and stuff so you know we appreciate y'all yes and we 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 truly do love hearing from you guys mm-hmm. so yeah i think that might be it for this week's episode it is that is um if you have not already you can watch in the mood for love on the Criterion channel. Um, yes, you gotta pay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I but, think it's a free trial. Yes, you can get a 14 day free trial mm-hmm. if you sign up and it's worth it, y'all. I feel like this is the um streaming service that I probably use the most because it is expanding my mind and opening my third eye more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm exposing myself to films that I would probably never watch like pre-code movies like girl, i cannot wait for movies to start in watching the 30s pre uh, i cannot wait to start watching pre-code movies i cannot wait they're interesting because that's the ones that are fucked up <laughs> like y'all was doing y'all showing legs and thighs in the 30s girl mm-hmm. what those are the movies that are like you know people were sex workers and there's pimps and you know there's uh a lot of like i think like homosexual um, storylines, like queer storylines and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, usually we think of that era as being very like buttoned up and tightened up and stuff. And it, it eventually did become that. But there was a brief moment in time when shit was live. Very live. Mm-hmm. So 
I can't wait. Oh, my God. I've been waiting for so long. But, yeah, if you have that, we're obviously not sponsored, but Criterion, if you want to get with your girls. If um, y'all want to unseal that vault and send <laughs> us these movies. Can we get invited to the library? You know how everybody gets to go in the library and pick out their favorite movies and they let them take them home? <gasps> I don't want to do that. Yeah, let us do it. Let us try to vote. Them DVDs ain't cheap. There's like two times a year when them DVDs are on sale. <laughs> but it's 50% off. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. And you get a lot of content. Because we didn't talk about it too, there is like a little story that's in this DVD. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's not weird. Um, And he uses quotes from the story in sort of like the text only dividing title cards. Um, in in the mood for love, uh, but the actual story, like it's not really a whole lot like, um, the storyline in the movie. Although he did say, um, that he did want to kind of elevate some of the writing from like Hong Kong writers of that, I guess, of that era, maybe, or at least I don't know if this came from that particular era of time, but he did want to like elevate them because, like we said, like Chow's job was you know writing about basically anything and they weren't taken seriously because of that so he did want to elevate um them in that way which is good but um yeah you get like a lot of content in those little booklets and stuff like some essays if you're into that um cute pictures it's very well designed um and then a lot of the sort of like behind the scenes stuff so mm-hmm. they're pretty good, um, pretty good DVDs. So if you do get a chance, you should definitely support them. Um, and then you can always watch Moonlight on Netflix until they get Aggie or something and snatch it away. So um, if you haven't watched Moonlight, like, I don't know what's wrong with you, including me. I'm including myself in this conversation. Get it together. Get it together. It's not, ex- you know, no excuse anymore. Like, get your shit together. Trevante yeah. Rhodes, y'all. Y'all got to be his light. <laughs> this is pre uh, notes app poetry. Trevante. I might read his poetry on the next. <laughs> I won't be doing any part of that. This is not, this is not an idea that I support, but she's into it. Uh, he's an artist. I support <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we want to no. um, hit the listeners up to and everything? Um, not at the moment. No. But okay. Yeah. Watch okay. the movie, y'all. Yeah, watch it. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.